Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast. Every week we share ideas for action and tools to try out that we hope will help you and us to navigate your squiggly career with a bit more confidence, clarity and control. And in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the topic of our latest article that we've written for Harvard Business Review, which is about creative ideas to overcome career development challenges. And we thought in the episode today, we'd talk a little bit about why we wrote that article, like why we think it's an important topic for people right now. And then we'd go into the ideas for action that we've shared just to bring them to life for you so that it's a bit more easy for you to think about how you might apply this to you in your own career and you're in your own career development challenges. So in terms of why we wrote it, when we were thinking, we always do like a bit of scanning when we're like, what feels like a really relevant topic to write about for people at the moment? And we were thinking a little bit about challenges and confidence in the context of sort of what's going on in the world right now and the issues that might create for people's careers. And we did do a a survey on LinkedIn and we said, are you feeling more or less confident in your career at the moment in light of some of the stuff that's going on in the wider world of work? And we got a vast majority of people saying that they were feeling a bit less confident. And so Sarah and I were then thinking about, well, how can we help people to take a bit more control to overcome some of the constraints that might be getting in their way and to sort of make it easier to take action with their career development. And that was really the the start of the article that we've just written. And we identified four common career challenges that we both experienced all of the time. I'm not sure these career challenges ever go away as such. I think we just find smart ways to find our way through them or to get untangled. And also they're definitely things that we hear in our workshops with all the people that we talk to. You know, we are obviously really big advocates and spend our days on career development, but I'm actually always really interested in, sometimes it's the cynics, the people who are like, is this a waste of time? I, I always think that's really interesting to know, well, why, like, why do you think that's a waste of time? Maybe they've had bad experiences or they've not found it useful before. Or just when people are saying, well, this is... This is all really good, Sarah, but I'm always really interested in like what comes after the but because I think that's the 
almost like often the crux of the challenges where if you can help people with the buts, it's like the first part's easy. When we're all feeling like we've got time, we're really motivated and energised, career development probably comes a bit more naturally. But this is sort of how do we keep it going even when times are tough? So these four challenges, we're just going to describe each of them and then we'll perhaps talk about the one that we're experiencing at the moment. And you can probably experience more than one of these at once as well. So there's the when challenge. And when challenges sound like, I'll get around to career development when I've got the time. And the career risk with this is your development feels separate from your day job. I think everybody will recognise this. You know the, oh, when I just finish this project, then I'm going to spend some time on my career. Or just going to get over this busy period. Or just when life calms down a bit. We all, we all like say those things. And the problem with that is I think we are always sort of just deprioritising our development. It just never kind of ends up rising to the surface. So that's the when challenge. Then you've got the who challenge. And that sounds like I don't have anyone who's helping me to develop my skills or just to help me develop. And the risk for our careers here is that you feel like your progression is dependent on other people. So again, it feels out of our control. Maybe we feel like we're waiting rather than creating in terms of our development. This could be because maybe you're in an organisation where you don't feel like you're getting the support you need. Maybe you've not got the best relationship with your manager. Maybe you hear people talk about this idea of things like mentoring, but you're like, well, how how do I get one of those? Maybe that just doesn't feel accessible for you. So that's more about kind of having the right people around you. Then you've got the what challenge. And that sounds like I'm not sure what to develop in. So this is really about, you know, feeling like well, everyone talks about upskilling and reskilling and we all feel like this is important, but what do I actually need to learn? And the risk here is that if we keep searching for one right answer, it can stop you from getting started. So, you know, the kind of the overwhelm gets in our way and it means that we stall and and get stuck. And then the final challenge is a where challenge. And that sounds like, you know, there are no career development opportunities where I work, or maybe there are no career development opportunities like in the industry that I work in. And the risk here is that you feel really frustrated and you probably just lose a bit of motivation. You know, you kind of lose a bit of your mojo along the way. So coach yourself question at this point, just to ask yourself, is which of these career challenges feels most significant for me at the moment? Maybe there's one here that really stands out for you or kind of maybe this feels like there's a couple of constraints getting in your way. So Helen, where would you be on those common career challenges? Any that stand out for you at the moment? I think I might have spent 12 months uh, with one challenge (laughs) and not really been that aware of it until kind of writing the article created a bit of clarity. And it's the what one for me. So the I'm not sure what I want to develop in. In our end of year review podcast, I was sort of reflecting on stuff I'd learned this year. And I realised that in 2021, I did yellow learning that was like a learning thing that I committed to and I really enjoyed because I did it with a small community of people and it was sort of a nice amount of learning for me to do and took my brain to a different place and then I realized I've done nothing like that in 2022 I like being on a learning program because I find that I formally fit that into my like working week and I do it with other people that I enjoy meeting other people and I was like oh my gosh I've gone through a whole year and I've not done that. And I didn't realise it at all. And I think part of the problem is I've kind of gone, oh, I might like to do something on behavioural science or I might like to do something on psychology or I might like to do something on design. But you know that searching for the one right answer stopped me getting Mm. started. 
that is exactly exactly the challenge that I have faced. So as a result of one of the actions that we are going to talk through in a minute or two, I am going to find a bit of focus and I'm going to move that forward and stop looking for like the perfect solution for the thing I want to learn. What about you? Mm. Yeah, I really recognise that too. That sense of almost feeling like, I think mine might have come a bit, not from complacency, but from almost enjoying what I do. So I think previously I've perhaps been in positions or in roles where I've thought about the moves I'd like to make and then that's created clarity for me to think oh those skills would be really helpful because I'd like to go and transfer my talents into a different team or I want to move into a leadership role so I I maybe could just see that more clearly whereas now I'm sort of I'm doing the thing that I want to do I then I've almost sort of stopped that searching but in a sort of but but not in a way that feels motivating mm-hmm. and so I think it for me it's been the same challenge but perhaps for some different reasons I also really recognize the who challenge I think I have been guilty of almost thinking one of the things I miss about working in big organisations, it's almost like the variety of people that you end up spending time with. And also I'm very lucky that I've worked with some brilliant people and been in some great kind of leadership teams. And at times over the last year, I think I've been a bit like, oh, I really, I really miss those people. I feel like maybe I've not quite got the right people around me, but in a sort of waiting way, like I'm waiting for those people to, these new people. And I recognise that those people are probably not the right people that I need around me at the moment in terms of some of the learning I want to do. But then I think I just hoped that they were going to show up in some way and almost be like, ta-da, here I am to help you with your career and your (laughs) career development. And so I, in an abstract way, know I want those people, but I've not really done anything to make that happen. And then almost got a bit frustrated that it hasn't. I've always been like blaming imaginary people for not popping up into my life. So actually that who one was quite a confronting one for me. I think I've started to realise I've definitely kind of fallen into that waiting trap a bit. I feel like it's the opposite of manifesting. You know, you feel like you've, yeah. been, like, you've been blasting them <laughs> the away. Anti-manifest. Yeah, the anti-manifest. <laughs> Why have you not shown up in my life? It's like, it's not yeah. rather than like creating this positive environment where people <laughs> want to come to you. <laughs> the waves of negative energy that may make them stay yeah. away. To be fair, that is how I feel about my. <laughs> Manifesting for anyone who's listened to that podcast episode. <laughs> oh, I did. That is actually one of my favourite things that we recorded last year. Was that episode? It was actually a really, it fun, was episode, a really fun episode. Yeah. Getting Sarah to confront her cynicism around manifesting. Oh, uh, yeah, listen back, everyone. The right word. Listen back. Um, so what we've got is four creative ways that you can unlock those four different challenges. So Sarah and I will talk each one of them through and share the idea for action that we think will help you. So the first one was that when challenge. So if you're developing challenge is about when you could do this stuff then we recommend that you start with a five minute me map and the aim is to take a sort of little and often approach to your career development so it becomes part of the way that you're working rather than another big thing that you've got to do today so for the five minute me map to work we recommend that you create a recurring calendar invite to yourself and you give it that five minute me map title and then you're going to put yourself in a place where there's no distractions so you're not checking out your emails you're not looking at instagram you're not you know listening to the squiggly quiz podcast or whatever else it might be that you do you're just gonna have a bit of silence for you and during that five minutes you're just going to mind map your thoughts in response to a coach yourself question and we've got a list of loads of coach yourself questions on our website on amazingif.com there are 21 coach self questions that we took from our book you coach you so that would be a good starting place you're going to have you know 21 different things to prompt your me map 
up there. But an example of one would be something like, what do you want to be true at the end of 2023 that isn't true today? And then you could just map all the different thoughts that come to mind just for five minutes. And it can help you just to fit a bit more reflection into your day and also identify some different things that you can do, but in a very sort of deliberate and quick way rather than it feeling like this, you know, thing that you're just going to put off until you've got the perfect time. Do you know what I've been thinking about this one? And it's too late because we've already written the article. But I think a good build, sort of an exclusive for our podcast listeners, is I know that when some people are writing for a living, so their sort of day job is writing, they will often join writers' forums where they all get together online at the same time to write, but they're not writing together, but they're sort of creating a shared space where like, you almost like it helps you to kind of be purposeful about writing, which initially might sound a bit like, well, surely you could just do that by yourself. But you know, there's that sort of accountability of doing it with other people. I wonder if we're going to make development by doing, you know, that kind of we learn by doing just part of all of our, how we all work as a team. If three times a week as a team, you all had that same five minutes and it wasn't just an intention and it wasn't the thing that got deprioritized because you suddenly realized you're not finished your presentation, but actually you all got online together. If you're certainly, if you're working in a hybrid way, or you just got in a room, if you're all kind of physically together and you just do five minutes and you all do the same coach self question. And then that's it. You go and get a cup of tea or you get on with the rest of your day. I think that would make quite a big difference for me in terms of like, I, I would show up because, you know, you'd feel that sense of like, oh, this is a shared thing that we are committed to. I can imagine, even if I just saw it in my diary, I would find it quite easy to deprioritize it because that I could see that email had popped up or something. So I, I like that as an extra build. It's like, it's you're still doing it about me. It's still your me map, but maybe you're sort of, you're doing that together. You're sort of all increasing your self-awareness. Imagine if you did that, even twice a week as a team, imagine how much self-awareness and how much more reflection time you would have had versus what you normally have. So you could do it in your team, like you have just suggested, or alternatively, there is, and and, and this isn't pre-prepared, everybody, I was just, I remembered it when Sarah was talking, but there's something called focusmate.com, which is a website that you can go on, you get three free sessions a week, and you basically find it sort of like an accountability partner. So let's say I was going to do my me map at nine o'clock on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would find a focus mate on that website who wanted to commit a bit of time, they don't have to do the same thing as me, but they are sort of committing to an activity at the same time as me and it's almost like this sort of accountability partner that you don't you don't really have to know them or talk to them it will help match you to that person but there's something sort of psychological in having someone showing up at the same time as you to work on something they want to do that can help you maybe get committed to that action Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So idea number two is related to if your career development challenge is who. So that's the one that I described. I'd maybe kind of been guilty of just hoping this was going to happen. And the idea here is about increasing your sideways support. So not sort of hoping these people are going to appear, but actually thinking, well, what is it that you want to learn? And who else might want to learn that same thing as you? Who else might have those kind of same development needs, development priorities? And that might be in your organization, that might be within your industry, or that just might be in the world. I think you could you can set your own context in a way that feels useful for you. So if I was going to do this, for example, because I was really challenging myself to think, right, okay, practice what we preach, like what what would this look like for me? One of the things that I'm really interested in is this idea of good growth, of being purposeful as an organisation. So being able to combine purpose, planet, people and profit. So all of those P's that feel very important. And I see that as like, that's good growth. Like that's where you're contributing in a really positive way as an organisation. So I would really like to create some connections with other people who feel that same sense of, oh yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Like I think we are a mission-led organisation at Amazing If. We've got a very clear mission to make careers better for everyone. So I could think, okay, I am just going to put it out there. I could do it on something like going within Amazing If wouldn't be right for me because we've we're, we're too small. It's not like when I worked in big organisations where I could have probably done this sort of thing internally. So maybe I'd put it on some WhatsApp groups I'm already part of to say, oh, I'm I'm going to set up a really small group of about 10 people who are all interested in dot, dot, dot. Does anyone fancy joining? I could put it on something like LinkedIn. I could connect it to some networks I'm already part of. And I would always keep it really small. I think I, I can imagine myself even saying something like, oh, I'm just looking for 10 people who would be interested in joining kind of an online group um, and maybe getting together virtually once a month to talk about how do you combine all of those four Ps in a way where you can kind of lead and grow a mission-based organisation. And hopefully then people gravitate towards you because they feel that shared sense of purpose. And I think you can then start in a really easy way. I think those things can feel a bit intimidating because you might think, well, I want to learn that thing, so I don't know that thing yet. But you can just ask everybody, you know, what's one thing they've read, watched or listened to that they've found helpful so far? You could ask, who do they admire? Who do they think are doing a really good job in that area? And then I think you can kind of encourage new ideas and kind of new stimulus into that group by saying to everybody, 
oh, well, maybe after a first, when you've met two or three times, you give everyone the option to invite one more person to join. I think as long as you've got a super clear purpose, as long as you've been really clear about what you're hoping to learn, then it makes your ask very specific. So people will be able to easily opt in or opt out because they'll either think that's for me or that's not for me. So I would probably, even as I'm describing it to you all now, I'd probably be really clear about, you know, I'm looking to connect with people who are founders of organisations, you know, so people who've kind of started things from scratch, you know, who are growing a purpose-led business and want to learn from each other and are very happy to kind of share and borrow brilliance. And I suspect if I put that in a few groups I'm part of and put that in LinkedIn, I would hope that some people might kind of put their hands up and go, oh yeah, I'm interested in that too. It reminds me a lot of the um, Authors Anonymous WhatsApp group that we are in, Mm. Sarah, which is definitely a sideways support group. So um, that is a group not set up by us, but from somebody who probably kind of had the same kind of instinct and idea a while ago for a community of people who were all working on a similar thing, writing a book, but who didn't individually have all, all the answers. And that has been an amazing sideways support group because there's a lot of, I think a lot of generosity in those sort of groups. And there's quite a lot of openness and a little bit of vulnerability as well. And it's just a very, very different support environment than I would get from somebody that I would consider like my go-to guru. Like, you know, if you're mm. if you're going to someone who's like in that example, someone who's a, you know, who's published multiple books and is an expert in, in, in that area, I, I maybe wouldn't be as vulnerable with that person. And there maybe wouldn't be quite the same level of sort of generosity and sharing that there is in the sideways support group so they're really powerful whether you join one that exists or create one for yourself so the third challenge was that what challenge which is the one that I said was my priority to fix a little bit so if your career development challenge is what then what we recommend is you create your learning navigator and this is what I'm going to do for myself so that I can find my focus for this year with my learning so what this helps you to do is look at your learning from two different dimensions. So the first is all about knowledge and the second is about skills. So in terms of how this works, and it's a matrix, everybody, so we'll make sure we visualise... We've not actually had a matrix for a while, oh, have no, we? we? The we matrix is back. The matrix is back. And it's back in the article too. Like Our matrix has been included in Harvard Business Review's matrix bank. <laughs> very exciting. That's the sort of thing... I feel like that is literally only exciting for us, but uh, we're very excited about it. <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, our matrix has made it in my mind. Um, So the way that this matrix is work is on the knowledge, we want you to think about what's the knowledge that's relevant for your role today. So for me, for example, knowledge that's relevant for my role today is things that, I mean, there's some commercial stuff that I need to do. There's some management that I need to do. There's some business operations that's really useful knowledge for my role today and then what's knowledge that's important for your future so if I was to kind of think about where my career could go and how I could grow and different possibilities that I'm interested in that might take me to a different place in terms of the knowledge that I might want sort of next for me and my future so that's one dimension so knowledge now and next and then the other dimension is about skills skills that you need so skills that are essential for what you do today So that might be, I don't know, that might be uh, negotiation, it might be leadership, there might be some technical skills that you really need to do what you do. And then there's skills that are nice. So things that you kind of maybe enjoy doing a bit more, like you, you think, oh, these skills are important, and I like doing them, maybe like, I don't know, like storytelling, or like for me, 
uh, design thinking. Like I don't need design thinking for my job, but I do really enjoy learning about it. I enjoy learning about innovation practices and I enjoy learning about how different technology platforms all work together. But that's not that's a nice thing for me to learn. So what you do is you plot your learning on the matrix across these four different dimensions. And it helps you just take your brain to a different place in terms of what the learning could look like and then create a learning goal for each of those areas. So what is knowledge that you need and what skills are nice, for example, what would fall into that box and what is something that you might need for what you're going to do in the future? When you do this, what you'll end up actually is with four different learning goals. But those four different learning goals have got different focus for you in your career. And it's not that one is more important than any other. It's just trying to help you to think about you and your career, what you enjoy and where you are now and where you're going and what is a learning goal that could support you. Yeah, what I think is nice about the Learning Navigator is sort of the range of goals that it gives you. It helps you to sort of balance short and long term. It helps you to balance doing a brilliant job of where you are today whilst investing in your future and the moves you might want to make in terms of, um, you know, progression and, and what that might look like for you. And those four learning goals can sound like a lot those learning goals, you know, could be quite small. So one that we've got in skills that are nice to have and knowledge that you might use now is around storytelling. So a learning goal on storytelling, for example, could be to read, watch and listen to something on storytelling every week and to share that once a month with your team, to share some insights with your team. So it can be something as simple as that, or it could be much more significant about you know, leading a new project, or maybe it's about getting a mentor in certain areas. So I think those having four goals could sound a little bit overwhelming. You know, the scale of those goals can be quite different. So final one, if your development challenge is where, so this is your thinking, I feel like there's no development opportunities like where I am. This is the classic one of I feel stuck, there's sort of nowhere to go that feels like there's lots of barriers that are outside of my control. Our idea for action here is about prototyping your progression. And the aim here is to unlock sort of new ideas and options when you feel maybe like the obvious way to develop isn't an option. And that's often when you do end up feeling a bit like, oh, this is a bit demotivating because I do know how I'd like to develop. So maybe you do know your what, but it's not possible here. So let's imagine, for example, you want a training qualification and your company have said, no, we can't afford to fund that. Or you'd like a promotion, you went for that promotion and you didn't get that promotion. So, you know, you're sort of feeling like, well, you've, you've sort of done something, but it's not quite worked out. What prototyping helps you to do is to almost embrace that, embrace where you are and see what else and where else could you develop. And if you think about both what you want to do in terms of your progression, but also why that's important for you, we always find that's what unlocks the prototyping. So just to give you a really specific example, because I think that's how this brings this to life in the best way. If what you would like to do is lead a team for the first time, if my what in terms of progression was, I'd like to lead a team for the first time. If we jump straight to the how, we get to apply for a job and we either get it or we don't. If before we get to how, we go to the why, why would you like to lead a team for the first time? I might then say, because actually I've started to realise that I really enjoy the opportunity to develop other people or to support people with their career. Now, if that is your why and that's sort of your jumping off point then to get to your house, 
Of course, one of the ways that you could do that is potentially to get a promotion, but you could also offer to support people joining your organisation for the first 100 days of their kind of new role. You could offer to mentor people in their early careers. You could offer to support team development for the rest of your team. You could put yourself forward for a lead for a new project where you know maybe you're going to have more cross-functional responsibilities. So you're sort of managing and developing people through influence rather than maybe direct management. And often what's interesting is when you start to prototype progression, lots of those hows that you come up with, you will have much, much more control over. So lots of those ideas that you'll generate, you'll be able to make those things happen. There'll be less barriers to you being able to move forward. And even better, what we always notice is that when people start to get really good at this, then the likelihood of their maybe ultimate outcome that they're aiming for happening also increases because if you're investing in your development doing all this really good stuff around developing people because that's what's really important to you sometimes even better opportunities might come your way my one top tip on prototyping progression is especially if you are feeling a bit stuck if you can find someone to do this with I think often it can just support your thinking because it's almost a bit like doing a mini brainstorm but for you and your career development so maybe it's a work best friend maybe it's someone you've worked with previously that you got on really well with and you might have come up with a couple of ideas but when I uh, do this exercise a lot in workshops I will often ask everyone in a workshop to prototype a sort of progression that maybe where someone feels stuck maybe they want to work a four-day week but they're not able to for some reason maybe they can't get the money they need for training and I ask everybody to do all of the hows and it's almost like you know everyone is smarter than one of us. Mm. It's sort of that philosophy of if you can involve and include lots of people in prototyping your progression, you'll just get more ideas and you'll also get probably more objective ideas because those people are not quite as close to it. And, you know, you might have put up some blockers and some barriers because something's felt hard for you, whereas someone with a bit of distance could say, oh, well, have you thought about this or what about that? And then you actually think, oh, yeah, that is a good idea. And I could... I could go away and do that. I could do that volunteering. I could ask that person for some support. I think it normalises discussions about development as well, you know, because it's Mm. often this thing that you're supposed to do with your manager if you're kind of being quite ladder-like about stuff. But actually, when you're in a squiggly career, the more you can discuss with other people, I think the more possibilities you create. And just doing this with other people just, just makes it easier. It makes it easier to say, oh, I would like to do something different. And what could that look like? And who do you know? And how could I get there? And sort of curate lots of other people's input into that rather than feeling like you have to be dependent on on one person so I think it really it really helps with just making a more open conversation about career development too so we hope you found this a useful episode if you've also had chance to read the HBR article we would always love to know your feedback what's working well for you about those articles any even better ifs also ideas for topics that you'd really like us to cover whether that's podcast episodes you want to listen to or articles that you would really like us to write we always really love hearing from you that's how we make sure that we stay relevant and we stay helpful with everything that we're creating and in the pod sheet that will accompany this episode what we'll do is we'll put the links to the other 
half of Business Street articles that we've written, just in case you haven't read them or you don't know where to find them. So we've got things on kind of learning more at work, how you make that part of your everyday, how you can coach yourself, how you can sort of reimagine retention, and then obviously this latest article too. So if any of those topics are interesting, we'll make sure that it's easy for you to access. But thank you so much for listening today, and we will be back again soon with another episode of the Squid League Careers podcast. Thank you, everybody. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.